0: Uh, so this, this last week, I've been uh, reading the Word of God, hopefully some of you have been doing the same, <laughs> but I've been reading through the Gospel of Luke and, and reading and thinking about the fact that we, we search for stuff in our lives, realizing this again and that we spend a lot of our lives looking, looking for happiness, looking for meaning, looking for love, and I started thinking of some about my own life and some, like, some of the things that I've looked through or looked for at different stages in my life. And when I was younger, I mean, I've, I've told many of this, but I, when I was younger, I was looking for um, meaning in the stuff that I did. I was actually kind of trying to, to build up this middle-class dream, you know, the house and the car and the, and the, the family and the white picket fence. I was trying, that was sort of my dream. That was kind of what I was looking for. And um, actually, I was looking for more than that. I mean, it wasn't enough just to have a house. I wanted, like, a starter house so I could get a bigger house. I wanted a starter car so I could get a better car. I mean, it it was one of those things that just wasn't quite enough. And I realized it was, like, kind of what I was looking for had a lot to do with success, had a lot to do with stuff, until it kind of all fell apart. And then I started looking for something that was lasting, something that was good and eternal, something that had meaning to it. I don't know if any of you have kind of had some of these times, maybe when you've looked for other things in your life. Maybe some of you can relate to some of this story. Maybe like you've kind of gone for the middle-class dream. In the U.S., they call it the American dream. I guess we could call it the Canadian dream, maybe. But that idea that just, you know, I want to have a house and a nice car and stuff. And 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 we just start living that way. And I, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, it was... It wasn't something that I sat down and thought I wanted to work out. It was just kind of what everyone else did and kind of what everyone else assumed that I was going to do. And so I just kind of went along with it. And some people are really good at it. Some people are really good at the, at the middle-class dream. Some people aren't. Some people try and try for it, and it doesn't work out. And they start wondering, you know, am I doing it wrong? Am I wrong? Is there, is there more to life than this? But I also see the same thing with people who are good at it. People, there's some people who are really good at it. And they do not only middle class, but above that. And, and, and even then, they still find themselves asking, you know, I've done it. I've, I've done all these things. But is there more? It feels like there's more. I have the house. I have the nice cars. And I've got the boat. And I've got the vacation home. But it feels like there's supposed to be more. I can remember, I was, uh, when I was younger, I actually studied international business. And, and I've, there's numerous times where I've felt in this in my life, but one of the times I remember really plainly, I was, I studied international business and I went to work at this telecommunications company and my goal was to work overseas, to travel and to do kind of that fancy stuff. And, um, and I remember it was my first trip. I was like 21, 22. And I was in a big hotel in Seoul, Korea. And I was thinking, I've done it. I'm in Seoul, Korea, on business, and, and I've done it. And I kid you not, like a second later, I said, "Now what?" And I remember thinking, just, I mean, it didn't occur to me then. I was like, "Okay, make a bigger goal and bigger plan." It didn't occur to me that, you know, this isn't what life is about. This sort of stuff isn't gonna fulfill me. See, the thing is, we get really good. Maybe some of you get really good at the middle class thing, and and. But then you also have this haunting sense that we were meant for more. And there's nothing wrong with having a house and a car and, and a boat and a, and a vacation. place. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But when that becomes the goal of everything, I think maybe that's where we start thinking, or we start realizing, we were meant for more than this. We were meant for more. And so I was thinking this week about the things that we seek. And I started wondering, what does, I wonder what God seeks. I don't know if you ever thought about that, if you're thinking about that right now, but what does God seek? Who does God seek? That's why I love the Word of God. I've, like I mentioned, I was reading Luke this, this week, and, and uh, I love it that it's so relevant to us. I mean, I know like, even the newest books in the Bible are almost 2,000 years old yet still immediately relevant in our lives right now. It still speaks to us right now. And I was reading this story, if you guys want to, it's in, your, um, it's in the yellow um, insert there. It's just this white sheet. And I realize that as I read the scriptures, not only does it answer like important questions of, you know, how do I treat my neighbor? How do I treat uh, Tracy, my wife? How do we... How do we live faithfully? It also answers the big questions like, when we're looking, what do we look for? What do we seek in our lives? Or maybe a better way to say it is, who do we seek with our lives? So if you would pull up the sheet, or if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 1, and, and read this with me. It said, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of God has come to seek and to save what was lost. So I, there's, it's a pretty short little story, but it's packed with good stuff for us. It's packed with information about us and about God and how we seek and how God seeks. But it's interesting also, too, to, to think a little bit about Zacchaeus, to focus in on Zacchaeus. And, I don't know, how many people know the Zacchaeus, the Sunday school Zacchaeus song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Right. I, I had this, I, this sort of cartoonish idea of Zacchaeus. And I know I've seen, like, plays and stuff where Zacchaeus... Or, or, or dramas in church. And, and Zacchaeus is always kind of portrayed as a cartoon. You know, this tiny little guy trying to, you know, like you can just imagine him. You know, Jesus is walking, and there's a line of, of normally um, high people, and he's jumping trying to see. We kind of have this cartoonish view of him. But it's interesting to hear Luke's discussion of him, or Luke, how he tells us about him. He says that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. He was loaded. Now, I mean, even in our society, I mean, tax collector is not a real high, uh, (laughs) you might not have a lot of friends if you're a tax collector. (laughs) But, in that time, it was really hard. It was really, actually, it was more like a traitor. I mean, without getting into Roman Empire and all that, but, in those times, Rome would charge taxes. That's how they kept Rome going, was by conquering lands and taxing them. And, so for them to have Zacchaeus, who was, who was Jewish, to have him turn on his people, his own people, and start collecting taxes for Rome, you can imagine how people felt about that. Not only that, yeah, a traitor. He was a traitor. They hated him. And not only that, he got rich off of it. And the way the Roman Empire worked, a tax collector, you had to pay Rome a certain amount. But anything you took above that, that was yours. And so he is, here he is. He's rich because he's taken more from people, his own people, and given it to, to Rome who had conquered them. So you can imagine how people viewed Zacchaeus. And it was, sort of like, it was sort of like mafia industry, the whole Roman Empire, because everything went up top to Rome, but there were people in the middle all making money. And it was the people who lived there who had to pay the taxes. And so... I think it's pretty safe to say that most people hated Zacchaeus. In his own town, if people saw him walking on one side of the street, they would move to the other. If he showed up at a dinner, he'd sit by himself. And it's interesting because in Scripture it talks about um, him kind of being of of small stature. And I wonder if there's a, a kind of a play on word there. You know, maybe he was short. I mean, most people just say that he was short. But I also think maybe, too, that there's this sort of this double play that not only was he short in size, but also people didn't respect him. He was short in status. I mean, because even if someone was short and they were well-honored or respected, people would make a way for them to move in and see Jesus as he's walking by. But Zacchaeus is not. You can imagine him trying to squeeze by and people just moving closer, shoulder to shoulder, to, to squeeze him out. And so Zacchaeus makes a complete fool of himself He climbs a tree. You see, in that time, people who were supposed to be honored or respected, they didn't run. They didn't do silly things like climb trees. And yet, here's Zacchaeus climbing a tree to see Jesus. I'll just keep going. (laughs) Uh, Looking for Jesus. And so, I think we can learn a little bit from Zacchaeus. As we talk some about him and then there's a couple things that I realized and maybe you find yourself relating to different parts. The first part is Zacchaeus on the outside looked like he had it all. And maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe on the outside it looks like things are going really well for you. I mean, he was wealthy. But also on the other side too, the other side, Zacchaeus people thought he was a lost cause. They chalked him up as a traitor. And you heard it already. And when people saw Jesus going to eat with him, he's going to eat with, a, with this sinner. People around him thought he was a lost cause. Maybe some of you can relate to that part of it. Let's focus first. Let's talk just a minute about, about Zacchaeus' power and his wealth. Like I said already, he's the chief tax collector. And we've explained a little bit about that. I mean, basically, he was, he was like, uh, he's a traitor. Not only a traitor, but a traitor who made money off of his own people. So you can imagine how people didn't like him. How people avoided him or shunned him. How people criticized him. How people looked at him when they were crossing, as they were walking through the village or something, through town. And yet Jesus walks right up to him. It's amazing. And it tells us, too, that Zacchaeus was looking, seeking to see Jesus, or just seeking to see who Jesus was. And it's surprising because you think, like, this guy's already rich. He's wealthy. Why is he so concerned about Jesus? I mean, not only why is he looking for Jesus, but why would he climb a tree? I mean, this guy, his his reputation is already bad enough. Why would he climb a tree and make a fool of himself to see Jesus? I think it's because he was looking for more. I think maybe, and this is just a guess, but, but Zacchaeus, he had all that stuff. He had the house and the wealth. And he was looking for more. It wasn't enough. I think maybe in this deep sense that, that we all have, I believe that we are meant for more than that. But we are meant for more. I can kind of relate a little bit to Zacchaeus, even in my own life, as I you know, there's times when I thought you know it's, I was my whole goal was to work hard, get way ahead, and retire early and move to an island somewhere. And it took all of that just being wiped away before I began to realize you know. That, we are meant for more than that. I mean, that's nice, but and fun sometimes, but but we are meant for more than that. And as I started recognizing that, things began to change in my life. I say, I wonder if maybe some of you are here even today, kind of having that same feeling. I mean, you've you've worked hard, and you've got a nice place and a nice car, and you've got a place, you know, here in the winters and and in South. In the south, or in the in the sorry, here in the summers, (laughs) south, you know what I mean. (laughs) And you're thinking, "You know, I am meant for more than this." I mean, it's it's interesting. I talk with friends in our community who, um, like their life is about, um, like hobbies, basically. You know, going to movies. Um, I mean, they're, they're not a part of the church yet or anything, but, you know, their their life is about, uh, I don't know, <laughs> hobbies on, you know, golfing on the, golfing each day and, and going to movies and traveling and, I mean, those things aren't bad. I mean, except for golf, but I only say I only say that because I'm horrible at it. <laughs> Sorry, who's gonna, nobody's going to throw any things at me. Right? <laughs> but, but it's funny because I, Sometimes I talk with friends like that and they're trying to, like, life is great, it's good. It's, I feel almost like they're trying to convince me or convince themselves that that's enough. And I'm looking for opportunities to keep saying, you know, I, I think you were meant for more than that. I think you were meant for community, for connection with, with God's family. I think you are meant, even more than that, connection with our Father in Heaven, with our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in us. You are meant for more. Some of you are here this morning and maybe you're kind of feeling that. You feel like, you know, I've done everything. I've done it right. I've got a a nice stuff and I've been successful and I'm ready to retire or maybe I'm already retired but I'm feeling like there's a little bit of a hole. Or maybe some of you don't quite feel that but you need someone to say that to you. That having a home and a nice car, those things are fine but we're also meant for more than that. We're meant for more. So that's one thing that I'm connecting. or I see maybe some of you are feeling as we kind of hear about Zacchaeus. The other thing that maybe some of you might relate to, though, is the fact that he was people viewed him as a lost cause. The people around him, they had written him off. In everybody's mind, Zacchaeus was, was dirt. He was, he was a sinner. He was hopeless, a lost cause. And I'm sure even in Zacchaeus' mind, I mean, if enough people around you start saying that you are a lost cause, you are a sinner, pretty soon you start believing, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I am. See, I think sometimes people think to themselves, you know, I have no use for God. But I can't help but wonder if maybe some like Zacchaeus say, I don't know if God has any use for me. We think about the things that we've done in our past. The things that we're ashamed to even talk about. The things that we regret. The things we wish we could go back and change. The things that we wish we could just fix. And we think, you know, sometimes we get catch ourselves thinking, you know, what would God want with me? I don't know, maybe some of you can relate to that. The amazing thing though is I have seen God love people who were lost causes, in that horrible sense of the word. I've seen God love people who were addicted. I've seen God love my friends who are alcoholics. I've seen God love my friend who is a heroin addict. I've seen God love uh, a friend of mine, and in Vancouver she was a prostitute. I've seen God love people who think that they have, they're beyond God, that they're beyond hope. I've seen God love them. And we see it this morning in Zacchaeus. God loving this man when everybody else hated him. Yet God, Jesus walks right up to him and loves him and cares for him. So I see this story of Zacchaeus and I see connections. Maybe some of you kind of feel it too. You know, there's that one side where it looks on the outside like he has it all. Yeah, he's looking for more. Or maybe some of you can relate to the part where he's on the outside looking in. He's the one that everybody thinks that he's a lost cause. But God doesn't. God cares for him. Maybe you can relate to one of these two parts of Zacchaeus, of his story. Now some of you might be thinking, wow, this is hard stuff, Jason. <laughs> this doesn't feel very fun. But I have good news for you this morning. Maybe some of you are thinking, you know, am I just stuck here? Am I just stuck with this hole? Am I just stuck with feeling like everything looks okay on the outside, but on the inside I'm falling apart? Or am I just stuck with feeling like I'm a lost cause? Like, like what would God want with me? Am I stuck feeling that way? You know, as I start looking at this, at the scriptures, I am, I'm captured by what Jesus does. I'm amazed by what He does. He, everyone else has written. Zacchaeus off. And yet Jesus walks right up to him. He walks right up to him and says, Zacchaeus, you got to come out of the tree because I'm coming to your house today. Now I know that we, maybe, you know, like that's, um, we live in a different culture, maybe that's not as big a deal for us, but in that time, the people you ate with, that was a big deal. That said a lot about who you were. I mean, you can see the people, they say, if you look at your your sheet, they say, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. What kind of guy is this? You know, we kind of hoped he was going to be the Messiah, but if he's going to eat with people like Zacchaeus, then obviously he's not who we think he is. It's amazing how Jesus cuts across categories. The ideas that people have about who's in and who's out, who's good and who's bad. Jesus, he goes right across the categories. He goes right up to people like Zacchaeus. and says, come down, I'm coming to your house today. It's amazing too and then you see how Zacchaeus responds. See all the people around him said, you know, can you believe what Jesus is doing? I'm appalled. I can't believe it. What kind of God, what kind of Messiah is this? And yet, do you see how Zacchaeus responds? He says, Lord, check this out, I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor. And anybody I've cheated, I'm going to give them back four times the amount I took from them. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about you right now, saying, Jesus, I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor. And if I've done anybody wrong, I'm going to pay them back four times. I mean, for us, that's a big deal. I think it might even be a bit more of a big deal for Zacchaeus. I mean, I don't know if you realize this, but he traded everything for the money. I mean, I don't, I don't know like, exactly how his relationship was with his friends and his family, but, I'm, but generally in that culture, someone like Zacchaeus, he would be completely shut out. Like sort of thing where the father says, you're dead to me, Zacchaeus. or his friends say, I don't even want to know you. In fact, I don't even think I can because if people see me with you, then I'm going to be lumped in with you. So I can't, Zacchaeus, can't even, I can't even be seen with you. He traded everything, everything for this money, for this wealth. He became a trader to his people. I mean, you see how they write him off. He traded everything and then Jesus comes along and he's willing to trade it all back. So Jesus, I'm going to give half of it away. I'm going to give it half to the poor right now. It's amazing how Zacchaeus responds. It's interesting. Jesus one time told this parable. He said, The kingdom of God is like a treasure buried in a field. When a man comes and finds it, he buries it or covers it over again. And then with joy, with complete joy, he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field. We see this playing out right in front of us with Zacchaeus. He's ready to give it all away. God, I'm going to give half of it to the poor, and if, I have, if there's more that I've, if I've ripped people off, I'm going to give them four times what I took. He's giving it all up for Jesus. We see this amazing change in him. And I think because he felt this, this hole, that he was meant for more, and he sees Jesus, and, and he feels... This feeling, this fulfillment, this life more full. And then you see the way Jesus responds to him. Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. We started off this morning talking about seeking and that we spend our lives looking for things. We spend our lives looking for stuff, maybe at different times, looking for love, looking for meaning. And it's amazing when you start reading this story, you start realizing that all the while we're seeking, it's actually God who's seeking us. We realize that all this time, the stuff that we're seeking, it's actually God who's seeking us. So maybe some of you are thinking, okay, Jason... I see what you're saying and, and I see that you know, like the stuff we seek and that, that God is seeking us. And, and Some of you might be going, okay, how can I start? What can I do with this this week? How can, I, how can this matter in my life today, this afternoon when we go home or later this week? And I want you to do just, just one thing this week. I want you to do one thing. I want you to just ask God, Lord, how are you seeking me? And maybe some of you, that's, that's new. Like you don't really, you're not even sure how to talk to God yet. And that, that's okay. You can just ask literally that question. And if you look on your white sheet, I've written it there, if you even want help with the question. Just, God, how, how are you seeking me? And I think too, like to encourage you to keep asking that question. Because sometimes we'll ask that question and we'll be like, well, nothing showed up in my inbox, so I don't know. I'm just saying that you've got to keep asking, because sometimes God answers us in our time, and sometimes he answers us in his time. But to keep asking, because I am convinced, I'm betting my life on it, that God is seeking everyone in this room. I don't know if you think about that or realize it, but God is seeking every one of you, every one of us. So I encourage you to keep asking that question. God, how are you seeking me? Not only so that you will get the answer, but also too that maybe, maybe you ask that question, maybe you're asking that question right now, and God is already showing you. But I believe the more that we ask that, the more God will reveal to us. The more He'll show us how He is, rece- how he is seeking us, how He's pursuing us. Imagine how this begins to work out in our lives. Imagine this week, this group of people here, look around, this group of people, asking this question and hearing how God is seeking them. Imagine what that will be like when you are reconfirmed. Maybe some of you reconfirmed in that, you know, all those years ago, Jesus, when I started following you and you filled my life and all that other stuff sort of fell into its proper priority. Thank you. Maybe some of you are here thinking, Jesus, this is scary for me because I thought life was all about how successful I was and the stuff I had. Maybe some of you are feeling this morning like, God, it is so amazing to hear that Even all this time, I thought I was a lost cause, and yet you still pursue me. You still love me. We've been talking about how God pursues us today. We began with this question that we seek things in life, and we watched Zacchaeus, we watched it play out right in front of us. How this God, this Jesus who lived and who died and rose again, how he was seeking all of us. Wanting us to give us, to fill us with life, because we were meant for so much more. Amen.